Trenton Biz back with you with another edition of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. It is Spencer Petrus's job at the quarterback position. Stat Boy helps us out with some disappointing numbers, and we try to figure things out this week from a betting angle. All coming up on today's Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Trent Condon. He's Jace Bisgard. This is the Locked Eyes Podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Come to you daily throughout the course of the week and sometimes instant reaction. But Biz, no instant reaction when I got back to Des Moines on a Saturday. As you saw me walking by, stumbling by, I was in no state to be talking about the game afterwards. It was a frustrating day in Kinnick Stadium. How did the old instant reaction podcast go, Trent? I can't imagine that went well for you. So. It didn't go until Sunday night. That, that's right. what it was. I did have to do the one-minute recap from the stadium. Uh, you can catch that at Lockdown Now. And it took me about 40 takes to get one that was uh, okay to send over to the guys in the studio. Can we get the other 39 takes somehow? Uh, they were deleted very quickly off the phone. I didn't want my wife to see those. I didn't want anybody to have to see those. So no, the phone and will never be seen again. Unless you can hack into Verizon or something. Well, the good news is, Trent, you know, as you know, I, I, I had to drive home. And so I was didn't drink during the game, stopped drinking before the game. And so I, I, I sadly was sober during the game. Oh, which I, 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 I envy you. Maybe maybe you forgot parts of the game, Trent, because sadly I remember all of it. So. Well, games, I guess maybe, maybe I wish I was drunk so I could, uh, you could all be a, bit, a little hazier because it was all way too clear for me. But, uh, you know, we're, we're you know. We could we could sit and talk about that game and and for hours, Trent, but it didn't do any good at this point. We're we're just not we're not a good football team right now, or at least not a good offensive football team. And so, what can you do? Yeah, the the story of the depth chart being released, no changes, and here in Spencer Petrus earlier in the week, no changes. It just it's baffling that this offense is this bad. A quarterback is struggling this much. You have a backup that is played in at least had moments at the very least. We could talk about Alex Padilla and, and the issues that he has and some of his limitations, but he's at least been competent at times. And to not give him a look, it's one of the most confounding and confusing things that I can remember in Iowa football now. And I'm remembering back since 1985, it's been a long time. And you go even further back than that, Biz. It's just, it's one of the more crazy situations I can remember. Well, and I think on top of that, Trent, I think he's just a better fit right now for what we're looking to accomplish because we've got a bad offensive line. I mean, there's no doubt about that. After two weeks, I mean, what we have second half of that, as the game got on, we started off, you know, first quarter, ran the ball pretty well. For the second half, what we have, I think eight runs for five yards. I mean, we can't run the ball. And so, I mean, it's right now he's a better fit for two reasons. One, I think he's a more accurate short you know, get the ball out of his hands and throw those you know, slants and, and drags and that he's better than, than Spencer Peters at that second. I mean, he can elude the rush a little bit and buy us a little bit of time, which we badly need. So, you know, the big, my big takeaway from all this trend is we live in a society where you can't get a hundred percent of people to agree on anything. I mean, 
there's people out there that think, think the earth is flat. There's people out there that think the moon landing is a hoax. Hell, there's people out there that think the Holocaust is a hoax. I mean, in any area, you're going to get people that just disagree. Do you know a single person right now that thinks that Spencer Petras should continue to be the uh, starting quarterback? I mean, one, you know, can you name yeah. me one person anywhere that thinks that, other than obviously the, uh, the people uh, making the decision? Yeah, that's where we are. It's one person. And I really believe this is ultimately a Kirk decision. I don't think this is this is Brian Kirk, the whole offensive staff together. I think it comes down to one man, and I think it's Kirk Ferentz. And we know when he digs his hills in and he gets stubborn and he, he gets that way, it can be incredibly frustrating. But that's the big part that I think ultimately this is at this point in time. It is Kirk making this decision. It is Kirk believing that he is the guy that is going to be able to my, pull them out of it. I don't know what it is about Spencer Petras, but he's he's the apple of, of Kirk Ferentz's eye, and nothing he can do seems to be able to pull him off of that. I, I, I know the Nebraska game did not go well for Padilla, and he'd struggled the previous game before that, but that hook was incredibly quick in comparison to what we saw from Spencer Petras. I just I don't get it perfectly. He is much better fit for what I was doing right now, what they're trying to do both offensively and what they can do because of the limitations of the offensive line. So you pose this question to me, Biz. Is this the beginning of the end of Kirk? Talking about his stubbornness and, and digging his heels in and, and not being able to see something that seems pretty evident to 99% of the population. Yeah, let, let's dig into it, Trent, because, I mean, over, over the years in, in these podcasts, we've talked a lot about Spencer Petras. We've talked a lot about Brian Ferentz. We've talked a lot about offensive lines bad. We've talked a lot about lack of skill positions. We've talked a lot about injuries to, to skill positions, but we've never really talked about the, you know, the elephant in the room, which is Kirk Ferentz is the one making all, all the ultimate decisions. And, and right now he's the one that's ultimately got to take the blame for, for how awful this offense is. And, and so Rather than, than give Stat Boy the low-hanging fruit, I mean, we're, our offense is so ridiculously bad that everybody in the world can go out and find ridiculous stats to show how bad yeah. they are. So Stat, Stat Boy didn't need to do that. So I, I, I sent Stat Boy in a different direction this week because, you know, after the, after the game, you know my dad. A lot of people that listen to this podcast know my dad. He is the ultimate uh, Hawkeye homer. And, and when, you know, I started talking to my dad, my older brother, about, you know, is this the beginning of the end? And when, when – when Paul Bisgard starts thinking it might be time for uh, for Kirk to move on, you know it's yeah. time to at least have that discussion. So bringing a tear to my eye. Yeah, and so it's you know you you love Kirk, I love Kirk. I think most Iowa fans love Kirk, but his stubbornness right now is is just shocking. I mean, and it's and it's probably going to be his undoing. And so, I mean, what what I had Statboy look into is this reminds me a lot of kind of the end for Hayden. And so I wanted, what I wanted to dig into is, you know, what similarities there are between that last year for Hayden and, and what we're experiencing right now. And what you're going to see is, Trent, that there's a lot of similarities. So you, you're ready to dig in? So we're going to 1998. Kirk, that's Hayden's final season. Uh, 98, also my freshman year at Iowa. So I'm in the student section watching, sitting there watching the beginning of the end. But it, it went very quickly from 1997 which was a very talented team. Matt Sherman gets hurt. They lose close games to Wisconsin Northwestern. Look, Matt Sherman's not hurt. They don't lose those games. They're still 10-2 and two 
with losses only to Michigan and Ohio State, and they're playing in a high-level bowl game. Instead, they go, they disappoint in the Sun Bowl, and that's in. But it happened very quickly because that 1998 Iowa team, they were awful. Yeah, uh, let's dig into it. 1998 year, you know, nobody thought they were going to be awful. I mean, they started the year with a 38 nothing win against Central Michigan. Everybody's happy as can be. Second game, Trent, is what? Iowa State, 27-9. Hawkeyes favored by four touchdowns. Yeah, home game against an Iowa State team that had gotten blown out the week before by TCU. And, you know, everybody just assumed the the status quo was going to happen. We won 15 in a row at that time. And like you said, uh, things change quickly from that point on. So let's dig into it, Trent. Uh, This is where Stat Boys – newspaper.com subscription really comes in handy because you find out just how quickly things turned on, on Hayden Fry. So they lose that second game, 27-9 to Iowa State. Um, so let, let's start with just talking about that game a little bit because there's some similarities. Through two games that year, Iowa was averaging 1.7 yards a rush, had given up 12 sacks, and didn't have a quarterback. They tried Randy Reiners. They tried freshman Kyle McCann. Couldn't find anybody. Even tried Scott Mullen a little bit. Um, but, you know, at the end of that game, Hayden had a couple of telling quotes. First, he was asked about the O-line and his response. Uh, it's great because you forget just how bluntly honest uh, Hayden <laughs> is. So, asked about the O-line, his response. Well, they're the best we've got. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> not, not, not a glowing, uh, you know, glowing endorsement for the offensive line. And then they're going to go to Arizona the next week, a good Arizona team. And Hayden talked about uh, the fact that he just ended. This is his last quote about Arizona. We're in trouble. Wow. And he was right. They were in trouble. They got beat by 24 in Arizona. But uh, between those two games is when Stat Boy finds this nugget, Trent. So between the Iowa State game and the Arizona game is when it really happened. Middle of that week, that Wednesday, I believe it was, a Chicago Tribune writer writes a open letter to Hayden Fry, and he titles it, Hey, Hayden, bolt before they revolt. And there's some really telling. Uh, hopefully, Statboy will put it up on online mm-hmm. because it's, it's a really interesting article. But it, there's some really telling comments in there. The, the guy, like I said, it's an open letter to Hayden. Talks about everything he'd done. Talked about that it's just time. It was time for him to move on, and it's time for him to leave on his terms. And some of the quotes in there, comments: "Get out now. Get out on your own terms. Uh, not fair for the fans to turn on you, but they will if you end up hanging around too long." And they end with leave now. If you do, you help ensure the long-term health of a program that you've helped to build. Boy, do those things sound. Uh, That's incredible. Sound pretty similar to what we're dealing with right now, Trent. I mean, those three things, if you put those three things in an article this week, if, if Chad Leistikow or Scott Dockin wrote that article tomorrow mm-hmm. and said those same things, would you disagree with any of those? Not at all. And maybe it should be. You know, it's uh, one little nugget and. It was this summer. Uh, Tom Caker relayed to this on my radio show last week that it was at Big Ten Media Days, and they're doing a little just kind of sitting around, the beat guys talking, you know, getting a few extra nuggets that you don't get when Kirk's up at the podium. And they were talking about the quarterback position, and Kirk finally kind of looked at all of them and said, boy, it's a lot worse out there than I thought. And well, Must be bad Must be bad out there, I think. Was right. The quote, yeah. yeah. It, it is. It absolutely is. And from what happened this week, from the release of the depth chart to trotting Spencer out there at 11 o'clock before Kirk even talks on Tuesday, 
and to the, to, the, the, to the trolling of the uh, cameos. Right, right. It, there's a tone deaf nature. And I said this last night to my wife. I, I said, Kirk feels really old for the first time in my life. I mean, he feels out of touch. And yes, the social media thing that we've talked about before and all that, there has always been an old man element. Even when he was 40 years old, he was an old 40. He's always had that kind of quality to him. But this is a time that the oldness feels out of touch and not understanding what's happening in the fan base and, and a revolt, as was said in that article. It's, I don't know, just kind of a scary time. Well, and I think that that tone deaf nature, you can see it also in the comments, other comments throughout the year. I, I think I think they really thought their offense was going to be good. I mean, I don't think yeah. they were BS in this trend. We talked about it. Part of the reason I kind of bought in and thought we were going to be better than I, I'm really worried about this offensive line. You know, I've been negative on offense. I was mm-hmm. offensive lines for a long time. I just don't think they've been consistently good. We've had good individuals, but we've not had a good offensive line in a long time. I mean, back to 2015, right. probably. I mean, 2016, I think we won the Joe Moore award, but it was ridiculous. We didn't deserve that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they haven't had a good legitimate line that just moves people off the ball regularly for seven years now. And for whatever reason, like you said, the tone deaf nature that they really thought this team, I think they saw that Kentucky game as kind of a turning the corner. I think they thought, man, we, we ran the ball. Well, we did some good things against Kentucky against a good SEC defense. And I think they really thought coming into this year, they had a an above average offense on their hand. And I think they still think that, which how they can, I have no idea, but I, I really truly think Kirk still is of the, the, the opinion that, a little better execution here, a little more, you know, a little something here and there, and and things are going to click. And hell, we're seventy-two and a half yards behind the the second worst offense in football. Trent, at some point, uh, it's truly the definition of insanity to just keep doing the same thing and uh, expect different results. But you know, yeah, I, I think you're right. Tone deaf nature is kind of a good way to put it because I just don't. I think he, they do a good job of sheltering themselves from the outside noise. Yes. But sometimes, sometimes you need to hear the outside noise and that they don't. And right now the outside noise is, uh, is what's going to get him. It's going to, you know, like I said, I, I want to see things end well for, for Kurt Ferentz. I want to see them end on his terms, but I just, it doesn't, doesn't feel good right now. So let's go back. There's a couple more articles that yeah. staff have found that, that, so after that article, after things really snowballed and stat boy, it was kind of crazy. Some random guy in the Chicago Tribune writes this article. I mean, it's like a skip Bayless type article yeah. and everybody runs with it. So by the time, I mean, the next couple of days, it was all talked about. There was a big article in Des Moines register on it. There's a big article. Pat Hardy was at the press list at that time. He wrote an article about it, but the Des Moines register article is interesting. Remember Mark Hansen? The Des Moines oh, Absolutely. Article? Yeah, absolutely wonderful article. And, and he kind of wrote a rebuttal and said, don't retire. His, his title was don't retire, just delegate some duties. And he talked about that. You know, Hayden need to get better at delegating. You need to be better at, you know, kind of reading some of those things. And, but in the article, Mark Hansen said, it is kind of hypothetical. It says, but let's say they finish three and eight, then maybe it is time to retire. They finished Guess what I eight. ended up finishing that <laughs> three and eight. Yeah, went three and eight. Not only did they go three and eight, but I mean that they got throttled down the stretch. Lost Arizona by twenty-four. Lost by Wisconsin to thirty-one by thirty-one. Lost Ohio State by thirty-one. Ended the year losing to Minnesota by forty-two. And I'm not saying that's going to happen with this team, 
But right now, do you feel more confident with this team going eight and four or four and eight? Four and eight. It's not even yeah. close. I, I mean, look at the schedule possible. and looking at. I yep. mean, yeah. I mean, can they go eight and four? Sure, uh, absolutely. I mean, the defense especially are good enough; they can win by the skin of their teeth a few more times. But if if, if you're a betting man, Trent, which I think you are, if I gave you the two options, four and eight or eight and four, which one are you putting money on? Yeah, it's four and eight, and that Illinois game obviously looks more difficult. The Rutgers game looks more difficult. The ones that seem like they the layups, those ones are a lot tougher right now. There are no layups the rest of the way outside of what you'd anticipate this week against Nevada. And, well, when you're putting seven points up a game and 158 yards of total offense, there's no such thing as a layup, even against a team as putrid as Nevada. Well, I better be a layup, Trent. If, if they lost by 21 at home to Incarnate Word, uh, if uh, if we somehow lose to Nevada, it might be time. I mean, we might be talking about some different uh, – we might be talking about some firings at the end of this week. So Yeah. I, yeah, but the – yeah, I, again, at this point, I don't think you can assume anything with with this offense and this team. But uh, if if you can't beat Nevada, then we're talking about an all time an all time collapse. So, yeah. But that's I mean, I just thought some of those quotes that that Stat Boy dug up. I mean, just mm-hmm. eerily similar. I mean, we're talking about really 25, 24 years ago, but they could be plugged in an article tomorrow, and you know, the exact same thing. So, you know, I, I hope I hope we're jumping the gun here. I hope we're both just. You know, being overly dramatic, but it feels like the beginning of the end to me. I hope I'm wrong, but it just doesn't feel like, like you said, it feels like it feels like Hayden part two here. It feels like mm-hmm. the game passed Hayden by these last couple of years, and he wasn't up for the recruiting. He wasn't up for you know some of those things that passed him by. And like you said, it kind of feels the same with Kirk right now. It feels he feels old. It feels like it's maybe the game's passed him by a little bit, and so. Hope we're wrong, but uh, the evidence certainly seems to be pointing in that direction. BetOnline.net, your number one source for all your pro and football college betting needs and sports info this season. You can find all the latest football developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including the weeking, the opening lines for each week's games. BetOnline, your continued source for all your sports wagering information, live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or hop on your phone and learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Wrapping up here, Biz, we're going to make our bet online picks coming up in just a moment. But one final piece. Petros will be the quarterback this week. What can be done to fix this offense? Not going to be able to go out in the transfer portal right now and find different players. The offensive line is what it is. Schematically, I mean, is that what we're looking at here? What schematically can Brian do to, to open some things up? I don't know. The, I, I, I'm the one that asked you the question, what can we do? And I, I thought about it for a couple of days, Trent, and I don't know the answer. I mean, I think yeah. the number one answer is get healthy. If you can sure. get Nico Regani and keep, I mean, you got to find a way these next two weeks, beat a terrible Nevada team, go to Rutgers, no matter how ugly it is, find a way to win and then get healthy and, and hope that we can get back to being at least average at, at yeah. offense because uh this, i mean let's be realistic this team's not going to be a good offense no matter what happens but if they can get back to being average they can be an eight and four team and so get healthy and then uh hope for the best but, but i mean you got two weeks to get things right here i mean you should be able to run the ball against nevada if you can't run against nevada then like i said get ready for four and eight but uh you got to you got to establish some sort of a, a running game these next two weeks and then Hope, hope that your uh, your wide receivers get healthy and 
and somehow Spencer Petras uh, turns the corner and gets back to respectable because I think we I think we realize at this point ride or die with Spencer Petras at this point, Trent. That's what it is. Uh, Kirk said in his press conference on Tuesday, he's sticking with the body of work when it comes to Petras. Of course, his body and work includes one touchdown in the last nine games against nine interceptions. That's the body of work that Kirk is going to continue with. Absolutely baffling. Let's make some picks. Let's make some money before we get out of here. Brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, last week, well, I know I had Iowa State. That was a positive there. We both had Alabama. That was a disaster. You had the Dukies. Good call there. And then it got beat, getting six and a half, but losing overtime with Pitt plus six and a half. That that shouldn't even count as a loss. You should give me a win on that one. Yeah, they, they had that covered the whole game, Trent. Yeah, there's no moral victories in our, in our bets. So. <laughs> Not at all. So uh, we both go one and two ultimately last week as we are somewhat in a tie, though you have the tiebreaker over me. Let's get into the picks this week. And Miami A&M, that's our game of the week. Yeah, that's it's. I'm not sure there's any of them. There's a lot of interesting games out there this week. A lot, there of, are, yeah. a lot of unique matchups, but I think from a national standpoint that probably carries the most national significance but yeah actually it's an interesting week of games but uh there's no alabama texas this week that that is true so uh, i want to start there with our, our game of the week and that miami game down at texas a&m it's going to be loud they're going to figure out the quarterback spot i believe in jimbo look ahead spot last week maybe something like that and though as much as i like watching van dyke i, I still don't know if this Miami's ranked 13th. Are we sure they're at that point? I don't think so. I'm going to take AM here and I'm going to lay it to kick things off. I believe in Jimbo. You might, you might be the only person I've ever heard say that, Trent. Yeah. With it's a, a rarity. Face at least. So G- give me the over in this one, Trent. It's 45. I, okay. I, I think everybody's down on Texas AM. They, they didn't score any points against App State. But you know how many plays Texas AM ran in that game? It was like 38 or something like that. 38. I mean, 38. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think you're going to see a very aggressive Jimbo for better or for worse. I think, I think this might be an ugly game. There might be some defensive touchdowns. It's going to be a, a crazy game. I think Texas A&M is going to want to try to send a message a little bit. So win or lose, I think both teams will score a few points. So give me over 45. Over 45 in A&M Miami. Game number two, we go to Kinnick Stadium. It'll be a night game, and it'll be Spencer Petras and the Iowa offense trying to figure out a Nevada team that gave up over 400 yards through the air, over 200 yards in the ground against the biggest Catholic school in Texas, Incarnate Word, as they give up 55. The Hawkeyes are favored by 23 and a half. Give me the Wolf Pack. If we heard that it was going to be Padilla, my pick would have been different, but I just can't lay that many with Spencer Petrus. Uh, I have zero confidence in taking the Hawks, but I also have... Very what, realistically, what's the best case scenario for Nevada as far as how many points scored? Ten, maybe. Without a defensive score or something like that, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I don't see any way Nevada scores more than seven points in this game, which means Iowa's got to score more than than thirty-one for the over to hit. So yeah, mm-hmm. the over under, I think it started at forty and a half. It's dropped. So I, I think give me give me whatever it is, forty, thirty-nine and a half, whatever it is. Give me the under because uh, I, I don't see Nevada scoring at all. And I don't certainly don't see us scoring above 30. So uh, give me give me the under at 39 and a half, 40, 40 and a half, whatever it is. So it, it can't get low enough, Trent. Whatever it is, I'll take it. <laughs> well, it was a lock last week, and uh, we'll lock it up right there. Your lock of the week for this week, Biz, is what? You know, I, I, I 
liked Nebraska when it was plus 14, but that number's dropped a ton. I really like Texas San Antonio against Texas when it was plus 14, but that number's dropped a ton. So I, I probably should just stick with Texas San Antonio because I really like Texas to lay an egg after last week. But give me Mississippi State, Trent. I, I think they're just a significantly better team than LSU. And they played two decent opponents and, and played really well against them. I just don't think LSU is very good right now. And and I I could see the uh, the natives turning on Brian Kelly really really quickly in the year here. So as much as I hate betting with Mike Leach, give me Mike Leach, and uh, I think it's minus two or minus two and a half. It's a good call. Uh, that's one that certainly was circled on my list, and I'm going to buy into the uh, buyback once again. Give me Notre Dame laying ten and a half at home against Cal. Cal's two and zero. Oh. But it's not exactly a pretty 2-0. Tyler Buckner goes down. He's going to be out for the rest of the season, the quarterback for Notre Dame. But this is going to be, I think, going old school, physical, grind out, a 24-7 to type of win. I'm going to lay it here with Notre Dame minus the 10.5 at home against Cal. It's kind, of, kind of the opposite of the Texas uh, yes. side of things. Notre Dame's got to get – it's a must-win game for Notre Dame. So you're probably yeah, – that's yeah. – I, I hate to kiss a death trap, but I agree with you. Uh-oh, here, that is big-time trouble. Those are our bet online picks each and every week. We pick the Iowa game, a game of the week nationally, and then our favorite game outside of the docket. Biz, you got to get back to work. i got to get back to work. We will talk again next well, hold week. Hold on, Trent. You, you asked oh. me for a business beat this oh, week. Oh, that's right. right. I, I, I almost yeah. forgot. It's time again for business beat. Now you got to sing the tune, too. I'm going to wrap, wrap the Bismarck key. So. Yes. Um, so, Trent, we've been – Uber negative today. You know, there's not much to be positive about right now. So I wanted to end on a, an upbeat note. Stat Boy looked, and I asked him, I said, when was the last time we, we started a season by scoring seven points or less in back-to-back games? And uh, his answer really surprised me because it was actually exactly 40 years ago. 1982, the year after Hayden went to the Rose Bowl, they started the year by getting throttled against Nebraska 42-7. to and then laid an egg against the clones and lost 19 to seven. So what you're thinking like, well, where's the positive to this? Well, the silver lining is that team <laughs> went six and two in the big 10, went to a bowl game, won the peach bowl and ended having a good year. So uh, right. there's, there's your best case scenario, Trent. Uh, start with uh, two laying two complete eggs and you turn it around and, uh, and, and have a successful year. So let's, uh, Let's hope for a, a, a repeat of 1982. Let's we'll see, hope. We'll see, in the, we'll see you in the Peach Bowl in January. <laughs> All right. See you there. That'll be, well, that's a, a these days, that is a uh, access bowl, one of the top six bowl games. Iowa gets there. See, we're, we're shooting for aiming high, Trent. Aiming high. Looking a lot different. The Peach Bowl today looks a lot different than the Peach Bowl back then being played what, at Fulton County Stadium uh, way back in the day in that awful grass field. Biz, we'll talk next week. Enjoy Kinnick Stadium. I know you're going to want to be. One of the few out of our group making it there. In fact, I had a plan. So I was going to bring the kids over this week. And, well, the quarterback decision changed my opinion. I'm not going to make that drive. Uh, after after that decision, I, I guess I'm a selfish fan. Way to, way to punish your children, Trent. Man. Poor no, I'm not, going to, I'm not going to punish them. They don't have to go watch Spencer <laughs> Peaches play quarterback. Poor Ella. She just wants to wave to the sick kids and you won't let her. Uh, we'll find a better game for that. We'll find a better game for that down the line. Biz, we'll talk next week. All right, go Hawks.